Courtney. Hey, Sasha. What do witches do when they're tired? Uh, I don't know. Take a nap? Uh, they rest for a spell. Aha! It's, it's spoop, spoop hour. hour. comedy podcast hosted by two Halloweenies. I'm Sasha. I'm Courtney. We're resting for a spell this week. This is a quick and dirty mini-sode, so really more of a spoop half hour. Haha. Because otherwise, if we tried to fold this into a regular episode, probably 40% of the regular episode would be what we're going to do today. (laughs) Because many things happened, and so we're just going to Deal with it today. Yep. As always, find us on the internet at Spoop Hour on Twitter and Instagram. Check out Instagram for the visual aspects of this non-visual medium. Yay! And Twitter where we retweet stuff that's fun <laughs> and spooky. We sure do. Yeah. There were some good retweets this week. Oh, yeah. We there, um, we had some good shit. Yeah. I did not care for the eight-foot Mr. Blobby. That was hilarious because it's, it's one of those things where, like, my interests in comic arts, like indie comics uh-huh. and... Spoop crossed over and there was an eight foot Mr. Blobby in a window. Oh, um, Cursed Architecture posted a photo of the Clown Motel, which we yes. talked about in like the first year of our podcast. Yeah, when we had BSP, the Believer Skeptic podcast on. Yep. Japan Times, because it's Obon season in yeah. Japan, posted a couple of like ghost stories on their website, which mm-hmm. I'd like to share later. The, there was one that was like, ooh. <laughs> Spirit Halloween taking over abandoned yes. shopping mall. Kicking in kicking doors, doors and putting up all their um, spooky shit. How the monsters and scary stories to tell in the dark were made. I'm definitely not seeing that I movie because I'm too chicken. But the movie magic, the practical effects stuff is really cool. It is. It's also upsetting because like they're clearly practicing their spooky movements. And it's clearly like dancers in there because they're like quadruple jointed and stuff. But it is upsetting because they're in their full makeup doing like upsetting inhuman like jointy things and And then a fortune teller told from reductress fortune teller tells you that you're gonna die at 69 nice Nice. i saw that and i was like yes it's us good shit on the twitter this week and as always if you want to share stories with us email us at spoophour at gmail.com do we have any listener stories this week? we do actually we we got a story from a listener named caitlin who said now that i'm all caught up i have a few stories for you And I told Sasha when we got the email, and I was like, I hope she slept. I hope she didn't just, like, listen to us for, like, 30 hours. Yeah, because I was like, wait, hold on. We have, like, 80 episodes. Yeah. And each one is almost an hour. Like, on average, they are an hour. Yes. Like, please... Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Don't we love binge you, Caitlin. Listen. Don't binge listen to you, us. You can binge listen to us, but binge listen to us for, like, I don't know, four or five hours at a time, and then, like... Go to sleep. Over the course of like three weeks. Yeah, do that. That sounds great. Now that we're good, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. We're not uh, your moms, but also we are and we love you and we worry about you and also you never call anymore. So story number one from Caitlin. My mom stayed in a haunted house when she was in college. It was in a small town in Iowa called Lamoni. One year she moved in first and on her first night there by herself, which is always the worst when you're in a house that you're going to share with other people and you're by yourself, it feels weird. Mm Mm-hmm. She woke up around 2 in the morning to see a shadowy figure standing over her. She called my dad, they were dating at the time, and he came by to clear the house, discovering that no one else was there. Mm. Mom moved rooms by the next year. (laughs) (laughs) Story two. When I was little, approximately three years old, I was really close with my great uncle Bill. We were about to move to the East Coast and we would be able to see him a lot more frequently. Well, on our last visit before, I threw a fit on our last night. I was sobbing and carrying on, saying something along the lines of, I didn't want to leave because I would never see him again. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> As always, we don't read these before we read them out loud because we want to have, like, 
a podcast reaction to them? This doesn't bode well for me. (laughs) Nothing the adults said would console me. Well, within a week or so before our move, we got the call that Uncle Bill died of a heart attack. Oh, no. Oh, no. But also, yikes. Yikes. Can you imagine being the mom of that three-year-old who's like, no, I'm never going to see him again. And then he dies. Yeah. Yikes. Story three. Once in our new home, not one year after my Uncle Bill died, I was alone up in my attic bedroom getting dressed when I heard someone whisper my name, Caitlin. Ah. Being a smart three or four year old, I noped the fuck right out of there, yes, girl, and stayed in my PJs all day. Good call. Self-preservation. More of us need it. PJs. Story 3.5. Later, when I was five or six, we were in our new new home, newer than the old new house. Cute. I was no longer in the attic. I had just gotten back from t-ball practice, oh, and I was putting my stuff away when I heard the same whispered voice say, don't be afraid. <laughs> Spoiler alert. If you're whispering at me, don't be afraid, guess what I'm gonna do? Yeah. Be the fuck afraid. Yeah. It's just like when someone's like trying not to scare you and they're like, hey, I'm in here, and you go, ah. <laughs> yeah. I, I have bad luck in cars as a passenger, and I've been in five car accidents as a passenger. It's fine, but on the... I think it was the second or third one. Mm -hmm. I was calling my mom to let her know that she had to like come get me and take me to school Mm -hmm. and everything. And I didn't want to scare her. So I, she answered the phone and I'm like, hi, first of all, I'm okay. And she started freaking out. Right. (laughs) Cause it sounds like you're not okay. But then I was like, later she was like, don't open like that. And I'm like, would you rather I have said I was in a car accident? Would that have been better for you, mom? (laughs) Anyway, I've seen news. <laughs> anyway, how's it going with you? Work going okay? You having a good morning? Could and... you come take me to school? Also, something bad happened. <laughs> anyway, I tossed my things onto the bed and I got out of there quick. My little kindergartner brain was like, how about I do anyway? Yes, girl, be <laughs> afraid. And I refused to go to my room for the rest of the day. I'm 23 now and I haven't had another supernatural experience since. I don't know that being slightly empathetic counts. Yeah, yeah. I count it. Mm-hmm. Feel free to share the stories on air, spread them out over a few shows, or not at all, no biggie regardless. I love the show. Aw. Thanks thank for you. everything you guys do. Thank you, well, Caitlin. Thank you. Good call on being afraid of the person telling you not to be afraid. Yeah. Yeah. We need more self-preservation. We do. Also, I hope you're in your PJs when you listen to this. Yes. I'm not in my PJs. I wish I were. I'm in a t-shirt dress, so it feels like I'm wearing PJs. Yeah. I have to go somewhere. Haha. <laughs> like a dummy. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> That sense of empathy is why I love you. Going somewhere on a Sunday. In 2019. In 2019 in this economy. (laughs) I forgot I had RSVP'd to this thing. And then Facebook was like, you have an event this weekend. And I was like, fuck. So. (laughs) Kind of like me yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. But it worked out. It It was fine. fine. Um, I came back from hiking and then immediately took a shower, took a nap ate a snack, and then had to go out again. And I was like, ah. Nice. I I still got home by like 10 p.m. Oh, that's that's perfect. Yeah, I went to my niece's birthday party yesterday. They live outside Richmond now, and it's like two and a half hour drive. Not bad. Except yesterday, as soon as I got on fucking 95, it was like, oops, car crash ahead, 56 minutes added to your route. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, Richmond's not far, but on a weekend, it's far. Yeah, and like, I left early. I left at like 8.30, The weekend doesn't care. I know. <laughs> and like, it when I first got on the road, like my GPS was like, you're going to hit a little patch of traffic, but it's only going to add 20 minutes. And I'm like, great. It's usually right around Occoquan because the... It was past Occoquan. Occoquan was clear. That's how early on the road I was. That's so weird. Sons of bitches. It's usually but, it's like, okay, merging traffic. Nope. In, More merging traffic. It was past where oh. the easy pass lanes ended. Oh, wow. That's okay. where all the badness was. So there was no like... Because I, I even like, I was parked and I like pull up on my phone. I'm like... If I pay money, will this be better? And my phone was like, it really won't. You'll just be out 20 bucks. And I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks, I guess. So it took me four hours to drive down there. Then I was at the birthday party and then I drove back, which took about three hours because I stopped for dinner. That was my yesterday. And then today I'm going somewhere else like a big fucking dummy. So don't be me. Did Did anything scary or spooky happen when you're at this birthday party? Did you scare any children? She wasn't scared. I did. You? I know this is a loaded question because I told you what I did. So my best friend's parents, their house is surrounded by woods. And on the other side of the woods is where her sister's house is being built. 
So a group went over to go see like the bones of the house and whatever, and they were walking through the woods. Well, my niece sees that they're all going into the woods, and obviously being three, she's like, I, I want to do, too. I want to do whatever. Yeah. And she goes, I want to go in the woods. And I go, No, you don't want to go in the woods. And she goes, Yes, I do. And I go, No, there's murderers in there. Before I could like stop a myself, good adult, like a quality adult. And then I realized what I said, but the good news was, like, I told her mom about it. My best friend was like, you could have just told her there were bears in there. And I'm like, bears are way scarier when you're three than murderers. Because she doesn't know what a murder is, but she for sure knows what a bear is. But anyway, I'm sure 15 years from now, she's going to be like, I don't know. I've always been scared of the woods and that they're full of murderers. <laughs> as soon as she learns parent. what a murderer is, she's going to be like, oh, no. Yeah, she's going to think back to her Grandma third birthday house party. is surrounded, surrounded by, by murderers. murderers. It sure is. So, you saying grandma and grandpa's house reminded me. A couple weekends ago, we visited my boyfriend's parents, and the room that they put us in is essentially, like, he's never lived in this house, but it's, like, his room, so it has all of the books that he left behind when he moved out of his parents' house. And I noticed something. Two books. One of them was called... Weird Virginia. Oh, hell yeah. And it's a compendium of like weird shit in Virginia, including like the little people towns that we've talked about yeah. on the past episode. Bunny Man is in there. Oh my God, that's awesome. Like, oh, here it yep, is. There it is. Yep. All that good stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I'm going to take this book. Yeah. This, and then this is ours now. Yeah. Then while I was stealing oh, that book. Oh, the demon book, cap of Capitol Hill. Yes. And then Chessie. Oh, the Chesapeake Bay Chessie. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so I'm like, we're going to have to do a Virginia spoop episode where we literally just like flip through this book. For real. And then while I was stealing that book, I was looking at his other books and he also had a treasury of Victorian ghost stories, motherfucker. What the fuck, Jack? Why is he withholding? I know. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? You've been being like, oh, it's kind of funny that you do this podcast on paranormal shit. I don't believe in any of it. Who has the Victorian ghost stories compendium? I've fucking been here. I love it. Love it. Love it. So, There's a 20 foot King Kong, a 60 foot shark, and a 90 foot octopus among dinosaurs. That makes sense. It's great. I have no questions. So... These are the books that I stole from my significant other and his parents. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. There are now. I did tell him I was stealing them. I didn't tell his parents. I don't think they would care. Yeah. Ah, what a fucking liar. He was like, I never read it. Look at this page. Clearly marked because he was reading it. Maybe. Nice fucking try. No, that was that was a page mark. No, the other That's pages are like that. Because, I mean, like, when I dog ear books, I you do a smaller, do a very small corner. Oh. I don't flip the whole page down. Damn. Usually that happens to... Actually, when we get new books from, like, the publishers and stuff, sometimes uh-huh. at school, we'll have pages that are, like, bent in like that, uh, just because of boo. errors. Okay, so maybe he, he's right and he didn't actually read it, but whatever, it's mine now. <laughs> the cover is really cute. Right? So, yeah. anyway, we're going to have to do an episode on Victorian ghost stories, mm-hmm. where we just read from this fucking book, and then oh, yeah. Virginia weird shit. Because, like, that dude, I know exactly where the dude on the cover is. That's Johnny Appleseed. Yeah. At the restaurant, Johnny, Johnny Appleseeds. Because it's kind of by where we went to college. Yep, I've and driven past it a million times. I've yeah. eaten there many times, and oh. they have really good apple fritters. Oh, what? Yeah. yeah I always just drive past it. It's, when, like, attached to a hotel. Yes. Motel. Whenever my parents would come to visit, they'd camp near where that restaurant is, so we would always go to Johnny Appleseed's. And every time I'm like, this is an upsetting statue, because it's really fucking upsetting. We'll post a picture on the Instagram when we announce this episode. I bet phone penge is in there, too. I'm sure it is. If it's not, I would be very surprised. But I haven't flipped through it too much because I wanted to save it. Yeah. And I, then I obviously I had it for last week's episode. And as soon as Sasha left, I was like, oh, God damn it. I forgot about the books. <laughs> oh, is this, yeah. 2007. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's. Yeah. I mean, Foamhenge has moved since then. But all, a lot of these things are still very relevant. <laughs> if you find yourself in Virginia, go ahead and DM us on Twitter or Instagram. Have you seen any weird shit in our state? And we will tell you what weird shit you'll be near, depending on where you're going to be. Ooh, a castle in Aldi. What? I was, wait, I was just in, like, dr- I just drove through Aldi. Like, Did you see the castle? No. Oh. Because it's not, like, right on the, um... Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. You drive through historic downtown Aldi, but it's not... Yeah. Oh dang. Yep, see, there's Downey Abbasee, mm. that weird motherfucker. Oh, I, this is in Stanton. Nice. Yeah, it's, like, when you're driving down to the downtown Stanton. Oh, okay. Podcasting, not a visual medium. Sasha, stop looking at this book. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you can see why I wanted to yeah, share. Yeah, this is exciting. That, and I was like, I can't tell you about it now, but I wanted to... Uh, anyway... Did anything spooky happen to you this week? So I spent the last like four days in Harper's Ferry, West Virginia. Resting for a spell. Resting for a spell, but not really resting. We went on like five mile hikes every day. And I went whitewater tubing at one point and almost drowned. And that was great. 
So I'm not dead, which is good. Um, <laughs> Are you? I did just touch you. That yeah, kinda, you did touch me. I'm yeah. for sure. You didn't phase through me. No. Did I? Or did you? I guess the first spooky... Okay, so first spooky thing that happened was that on our second day, we went to... We went hiking uh-huh. and there was... We were kind of like, it was, we were the first people out on the trails because we are early morning hikers. Mm-hmm. And so we were kind of like ducking under some like spider webs or Lift. whatever. Or my dad would like lead the pack and he'd just kind of like walk around, like get rid of the spider webs for us. But there was one particularly large spider web and we ended up have, ducking under like some of the, the strings like yeah. to get under and like not disturb the web. Because this was a very big spider web that was like directly on the trail. And we were like, what's that very large thing in the middle of it? No. It was a medium-sized spider eating a much larger spider. Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> good job, medium spider, but what the fuck? That's when I texted you and was like, uh. Yeah, and I and you said that you had pictures, and I responded with a gif of Keenan Thompson on SNL going, I don't like that. Yeah, so they're not on my phone, but my dad took photos Phew. of it before we walk, walked on, so I will not show them to you Thank today. you. Um, and then... I guess the other spooky thing that happened was after the river rafting, mm-hmm. we popped. So we, we were raft, or we were tubing down the Potomac River, mm-hmm. like rapids past Harper's Ferry, and we popped out on the Virginia side, I uh-huh. guess. And I didn't realize that all of the wineries that my friends and I go to in Loudoun County are basically just touching West Virginia because oh. I always forget about the panhandle of West Virginia. Mm-hmm. I always just think of West Virginia as that western... The meaty like, chunk. The, the meaty chunk, the kind of big round part. Like the spider's body. Yeah. And I always forget about the little hook arm. And so... <laughs> and the hook arm also, like, keeps Maryland from being almost totally cut off, right? And it keeps yeah. couples from necking in the woods. Yes. And so so we pop out, and I'm sitting on the bu- the shuttle bus to take us back to the place where the tubing picked us up from. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at this road sign, and it says, Maggie Malik's Wine Caves and Tasting Room, <gasps> three Ooh. miles, or, or rather, next left, three miles. And I said, I've been to Maggie Malik's. Nice! And I was like... Did you go in the wine caves? Yeah, it's it's just like a hobbit hole, in, but it's... I'll show you photos. It's okay. not really a cave. Oh, well, it sounded it's like, like spooky and like I should go there. It's but... like a shed oh. that's... Because I've had been to like an ice cream cafe cave nice. in Japan, which was actually in a cave. Yeah, see, like that's Stalactites and stalagmites. Yeah, I'm cave. imagining some Blu-ray cavern and shit. like an archaeological dig site nearby. This one was just like something not built real. into a hill. Mm. And it was still very fun and nice, but it was just like... A shed built into a hill. Mm. But anyway, it was this weird thing where like all the wires in my brain crossed, and I was like, "Where am I?" <laughs> <laughs> um, so I texted one friend and was like, "I'm really close to Maggie Malik's, but I'm in West Virginia." And she was like, "Yeah, all of our wineries are near West Virginia." And then the other friend in the group chat was like, "Excuse me." <laughs> so all of us were like very confused. The third spooky thing that happened on this trip was that I went on a fucking ghost tour. Yay! And it's apparently, according to their website and TripAdvisor and a bunch of different things, this ghost tour in Harper's Ferry is the oldest ghost tour. Oh. In that it started in the 70s, and I guess a lot of places hadn't started ghost tours yet at that Mm. point. It's like more of a modern um, invention that people go on ghost tours. And so it's, it's called the oldest ghost tour in the U.S. I don't know if that's true or not. But I'll let them have this one. Yeah. But I'll talk about that in just a second. Did anything spooky happen to you? Well, on the note of spiders, I'm telling myself it was a very large nap because that's what I need to feel emotionally safe in my car. It was a very large nap. It was a very large nap. But I was driving to work and I felt something on my ear. And usually that means like a piece of hair has gone awry. Sure. And I went to grab it. And for some reason I was like, I should pinch this piece of hair rather than just like brushing it uh-huh probably due to a traumatic incident involving a spider when i was in the seventh grade when i kept adjusting the hair on my neck and when i finally brushed it forward a spider fell into my math book yeah anyway that was fun the, time that was the moment i became afraid of spiders when i was like ah. anyway so i pinched this piece of hair and i like pulled it out of my ear and then i looked at my fingers and it was definitely a bug of some kind it was a gnat let's I, say it's a gnat I'm, it was Bigger than like a gnat, but it was a it was a big gnat. That's all it was. It's okay. I'm fine. There aren't spiders in my ear. It's fine. It's fine. And then I had a recovered memory from my childhood of a way in which my mom kind of tried to scare me into behaving. Oh yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, you texted me, and I was like, uh. (laughs) So 
We had, what triggered the memory was we had an ice cream social in our work building on Thursday and they had a bowl of maraschino cherries and I was talking about my love of maraschino cherries and it just came rushing back to me. So when I was very little, probably around four, I came across a jar of maraschino cherries in my grandma's fridge and I love maraschino cherries. I probably would have eaten the whole jar. My mom goes, you don't want to eat those. They have formaldehyde in them. And I go what's formaldehyde? And she goes, it's the stuff they put in dead people so that they don't rot. And so my mom told me there was formaldehyde in maraschino cherries. How did you ever eat them again? I don't know, because that's how much I love them. Because I remember thinking like, it's got formaldehyde, but, but also I delicious. love maraschino cherries. And then I like Googled it after this memory came back to me. And there was an urban legend that maraschino cherries had either formaldehyde or a dye that you couldn't eat in them. So I'm wondering if my mom truly believed that they had formaldehyde in them and just was passing it along so that I wouldn't make myself sick or if she was trying to keep me from making myself sick by eating 40 maraschino cherries. Wow. Yeah, it was, it just all came rushing back to me and I was like, oh my God, formaldehyde. Amazing. (laughs) I'm trying to think of, like, anything. I, I know my parents would tell me, like, not to eat too much of, like, whatever, like, because it'll make me sick. Yeah. But, like, never, like, oh, there's a poison. It's just more like you're going to get diarrhea. Yeah, because you're going to eat too much yeah, sugar you're gonna and eat, you're going to yeah. shit it all out. Yeah. yeah. I'm one, I don't know. Mom, tell me. <laughs> I demand answers. And she's going to be like, I don't remember that. You do. Don't lie to me, Mom. I love you. And then also, I have an update. It's not a spooky thing. It's a okay. fucking rad thing. Sure. So when last we checked in with our special ghost, Mike, he was on our LGBT episode mm-hmm. where... LGBooty. Booty. Hi, cat. So we had posited a theory after I shared the story of badass lesbian actress Charlotte Cushman mm-hmm. that who, if you don't remember, she was famed for playing both male and female roles. And she lived in Boston. She dated a girl for a really long time. They mutually cheated on each other with different sculptors. It was was a mess. It was a mess. She got sued by her ex. It was a whole thing. She ended up being a ghost. She was friends with Lincoln. Whatever. And Mike goes, huh, that's weird. There are Cushmans in my family. I wonder if I'm related to her. Well, Mike messages me. And he's like, hey, tell me more about this Charlotte person. So I, like, filled him in. Birth date, death date, where she was. Whatever. And Mike's mom has an interest in genealogy, and she found that, he goes, huh, there's a picture of Elizabeth Hazard Powers next to a portrait of Charlotte Cushman on the site. And I go, who's Elizabeth Howard Powers? And he goes, oh yeah, my great aunt married into the Cushman family. Oh. So he is related to her. He is related to her. So... She obviously, she doesn't have a descendant because she was a lesbian. She didn't have any biological children. Mm -hmm. And so this is his great aunt next to the portrait of Charlotte Cushman. Okay. And she married into the Cushman family. Unfortunately, Mike gave the twist. It's a Mormon genealogical website that they were using because this is the Mormon side of his family. Uh Uh-huh. And he goes, it's possible she was saved after death. And I go... Saved, like, your family might have her on ice, in which case I have questions. And he goes, no, like, Mormon saved. And I'm like, uh, and he goes, like, became Mormon after death. And I'm like, did she consent to be yeah, a how, Mormon after death? I have questions. I don't, I don't know, like, anything about being Mormon, so yeah. I have questions. In Mike's words, you know, as a dead lesbian, I'm going to say no, she did not consent. But, <laughs> so her Mormon side of the family may have tried, like, converted her to Mormonism after she died. But... That's the update, is he is actually related by marriage to Charlotte Cushman. That's bananas. Which I was so excited about. I'm I was so like, jealous. holy shit. That's so cool. Right? It'd be like one of us finding out that we were indirectly related to Julie Dobney. Yeah. Like, God, I wish. But anyway. Yeah, there's literally not a single drop of French in my family. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're... The one side is very Japanese and Okinawan. Yeah. And then the other side is very either, like, UK. Mm-hmm. Like, just... In, like, Wales, Mm -hmm. Cornwall, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing, or Ukraine. Yeah. (laughs) So it's very... (laughs) Unlikely that Julie Dobney snuck in there. that Julie Dobney was hanging out in Ukraine. Yeah. The white side for us is, like, German and Canadian and a touch of the UK, I think. 
And then the non-white side is just Mexican all the way down. Yeah. So. No Julie Dobney. In no Julie Dobney. Alas. Are you related to Julie Dobney? Write Please. to power at gmail.com. Everybody go do your genealogies. Ancestry.com is free for the first 30 days. Just remember to cancel it. Don't tell them we told you to cancel it. Ancestry.com. If you want us to not tell people to cancel you, pay us money. Are we extorting? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's what we're doing. But anyway, if you're related to Julie Dobney, I want to know. And yeah. And then because this is a mini-sode, Sasha yesterday asked me, do you attract ghosts or do you know how to attract ghosts? And I was like, other than with my sexuality, I don't know. And it gave me an idea for a game. So this game is called Do You Attract Ghosts? Okay. I took a Cosmo quiz from 10 years ago and replaced all the words about men and boys and like relationship stuff <laughs> and made it about ghosts. Okay. So we can rate our attractiveness to ghosts. Sure. If you want to take the Cosmo quiz, it's can you keep a guy intrigued? But for the purposes of this, can it's you keep a ghost? can you keep a ghost's attention? Yeah. Basically, I, I literally pretty much just like swapped out some words. Hell yeah. But anyway, let's, let's see this. if we are spooky sluts. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Question one. When a ghost reappears in your room the morning after a great Ouija board session, you typically, A, pull out the Ouija board to thank it for the spooky insight and to tell it you had a great time too. B, wait until the next night to summon it again. It'll be more eager to hear from you tomorrow. Or C, pull the Ouija board out later in the day and reference something funny from the night before. I just remembered that I also on Facebook sent you that article from Mike, M-I-C, that was like, oh, yeah. ghost sex is more normal than you think. And I'm like, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I'm pretty sure it's as weird as I think it is, Mike. Um, I'd go with B. I'll just like chat with them on the Ouija board tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Make them wait for it. Yeah, make okay. them wait for it. After the third Ouija board session, you're still not sure you want to summon the ghost into a physical form. When it makes a move, you... A, tell it you don't see any need to rush things when you're already having such a great time with it. B, say, whoa, I really like you, but we're moving a little too fast here. Or C, think screw it and go for it. Might as well figure out if you have chemistry. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure all of us know exactly how you reworded these things. Yep, I wasn't subtle. (laughs) Not subtle. Um... I, I can't decide between A or C. It's like, whoa, we have a good thing going here, or yeah, let's go. I'll do I'll, I'll do A. I'll keep keep it slow. Okay, so yeah. you're saying we don't need to rush? We don't need to rush things okay. right now. I also, I don't know how to summon you into a corporeal form yet. I know. We're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not, we're not, we're not we're there, there yet. yet. I need to Emotionally. read another tome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you've been going on a couple great dates, but you're ready for the next tome. Yeah. It's like, let me find one. It's how to summon... Without repercussion. <laughs> okay, you have been Ouijaing two ghosts, but want to move to the next level with one. You say to it, A, nada, you'll keep your options open until you know it's ready to commit. B, hey, should we stop Ouijaing other people or keep things casual? Or C, I'm really feeling this. I think it's time we take things up a notch. I think, yeah, just be direct, C. So, I'm really feeling this? Yeah, I'm feeling this. Okay. Yeah. When meeting a ghost in its new physical form for the first time... Oh, Jesus. You, A, this definitely wasn't a question about revealing your naked body to your partner for your first sexual experience. Oh, lordy lord. A, wow it with your signature move so it's left wanting more. <laughs> B, stick to basic but fun stuff. You prefer to keep a few tricks up your sleeve. Or C, lie back, relax, and give him a chance to impress you. I wish I could describe the face Sasha just made. (laughs) She does not like this question. (laughs) B. Okay. If you're asked something personal in the first stages of a Ouija sesh, how do you respond? A. You blow it off with an obviously fake answer and change the subject. B. You give a general answer, revealing as few details as possible. Or C. You tell the truth. It'll find out sooner or later. Why beat around the boosh? Uh, let the weird out, see. All Just right. be like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> All right, you have six points. So first I'm going to tell you what you're not because I wrote through these sure. in sequence. Yeah. If you had scored seven to ten points, you would be too giving ghoul. 
Ghosts worthy of your time belong to an exclusive club, yet you ushered them past the velvet rope before they prove their VIP Is status. Is Cosmo calling me a slut? Or yeah. calling its readers sluts? Yes. Jesus, sluts ain't shamey. Just give me a second to get through this. We'll see how I feel about it. Okay. Being an open book, weegily or ghostly, makes them think you're not special enough to pursue, says some slut shamey man who should keep his opinions to himself. Oh shit. <laughs> if you're tempted to tell all, think, would I be okay with it knowing me this intimately if I stopped using the Ouija now? If not, motivate it with a little mystery, says another man who should mind his own beeswax. <laughs> Tell the ghost, let's get to know each other before we go there. But your score of six points means that you're a perfect provocaboor. <laughs> provocaboor. <laughs> Those are genuinely, like, it, it said, to giving girl, perfect provocateur, and distant diva. Jesus the categories. Lord. Yeah. Christ. And this is only from 10 years ago. I was expecting to get, like, this slut shame even one from, like, the 70s. But no, this is from 2009. I so. thought Cosmo was a lot sluttier. I mean... Like, to begin with. Yeah. Like, like, Isn't it, it's like, like let's woo, do it, let's girl. Go, girl. Do yeah. what you want to do. If that's bone, bone. Anyway... Using a Ouija board is like a high-wire act, and you create the perfect tension between accessibility and mystery, which is why ghosts are drawn to you, Sasha. That makes sense. Your open charm is captivating, says should mind his own beeswax man. (laughs) But at the same time, you make the ghosts work a bit for your affection. Maintain that friendly restraint, advises slut Shamey McGee. <laughs> Until you two are official, continue to share intimate info on a limited basis and save your advanced phantom moves as a reward once it's made the effort to satisfy you first. This, uh-huh. is, this is terrible advice. It's very terrible. Unless it's about ghosts, in which case it's just funny. Yeah. If you had scored zero to three points, you would be a distant diviner. Diviner? Mm. You see summoning ghosts as a game and play strictly by the rules, but you're the one losing out. <laughs> Ghosts see caginess as a sign you are not into them or are hiding something, says the man whose beeswax is running amok with his neglect. <laughs> Instead, draw a ghost in by reaching out. Contact a ghost when it feels right, says the slut shamer, or share a goal you have, like cursing your enemies. Huh. It will appreciate the glimpse at your future and want to be a part of it. And this is all from the Cosmo Quiz. Can you keep a guy intrigued? Amazing. So, yikes. But also, we know Sasha can keep a ghost interested. Huh. Congratulations. Congratulations to me. <laughs> huh. But really, just do what you want. Do what you want. If you're comfortable with it, go for it. So Everybody else can mind your own beeswax. When I asked you, do you know how to track ghosts? Why? Because this is something that I learned on my ghost tour. So <gasps> a couple of like non-specific, just like general ghost things that I learned on the tour. One. They talk. We talked about uh, how intellectual. To keep them yeah. Yes. How, <laughs> we talk about intellectual versus residual hauntings. Okay. Okay. So residual haunting is a lot like I think a lot of the ghosts that we've we've talked about on this show, where it's like the same thing kind of happens in a loop always. Like okay. so, like you always see the ghost doing the same thing in the same place. Like I think we were talking about the guy who rode up the stairs on the horse. Yeah. And so tumbled back. Yeah. That guy. So it's it's. The ghost is doing basically exactly what it had been doing, like, either right before it died or some, like, daily task. So there's, like, residue from its spirit just kind of, like, hanging out. So that's a residual haunting. Intellectual hauntings are the ones where you might see, like, a sad-looking person just, like, sitting there or having a walk. Okay. They're not really doing anything in particular. They're just hanging out. Okay. And that's an intellectual haunting. So it's more that they're not really doing anything. They don't look like they're in danger. Mm-hmm. They're not attacking anyone. They're just kind of hanging out. Hanging out. Okay. Although sometimes intellectual hauntings may like approach existing people and so in some cases you know maybe they it's not just it's not quite that they're doing an action like from when they were like residue uh-huh. but they're like oh no no leave here now like leave oh, the space okay, okay. you know so so those the, the residual and intellectual hauntings that's okay. one thing i learned another thing i learned was oh i wrote it down on my hand and then i washed my hand oh um, how could you wash and, your hand sasha no, no, no. but then <laughs> i i told i told jack all about all these things because um i wanted to like make sure that i'd it said it once there? so it was in there okay about how to attract ghosts okay so this one was basically bringing things that are familiar and so this is going to be working more for i mean i think this will work for ghosts of any time period but specifically mm-hmm. harper's ferry is very much like um, 19th century Civil War era with some lingering like Great Depression stuff as well. But like not a whole lot has happened since it basically got taken over by the National Park Service and has just been kind of restored to 
to look more historic. Because when they first, when the National Park Service first got its hands on Harpers Ferry, basically everything was dilapidated. They right. had to like rebuild a lot of stuff, kind of like Williamsburg, mm-hmm. uh, historic Williamsburg, where where there was like nothing left, and right. historians and archaeologists had to like rebuild everything. So, ways to attract ghosts in Harpers Ferry include fragrance. So thinking about fragrances that were available in the time period, lavender, mm-hmm. rose water, which those two things are things that I wear already. <gasps> um, and then if you are fancy, orange blossom. Oh. Orange blossom was always the most expensive fragrance to have. So if you want like a sugar daddy who's a ghost, Or you're trying to attract maybe like um, a, a wealthy, lady. a fancy lady. Yeah. So those are the three kind of like major fragrances, but also cigar smoke. That makes because sense. Because like men would, you know, sit in their smoking parlors, you know, with each other and like have some cigars. I'm kind of joking, but also curious. Would like horsemen work out? Because like I remember oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, So basically something that's like a very strong smell familiar that would have been like very familiar to the ghost. Another thing is kind of like visual cues. So when you go to like Ren Fair or you go to historic site and you see like a historical reenactor wearing like a long billowy skirt or having a top hat, a cane, you know, a waistcoat with, you know, the tails and everything. The shape of humans can also, like, attract them. So, like, seeing, you know, a 21st century person, shorts, a t-shirt, they're just like, oh, I don't know, I don't know you. But if they see, like, this long flowing skirt with petticoats or a top hat and a cane, they're like, oh, the shape of that kind of looks familiar. Hey, I know you. Hey, I know you, right? And then another way is music. Okay. And so I was thinking kind of like with like modern, you know, ghosts or spirits, like if you're playing their favorite songs, Mm -hmm. then yeah, maybe you can get like a rise out of the spirit. But for like a historical ghost, you want to think about like piano music or singing songs that were popular in the day. Okay. So we're, they were talking about like different songs you can use to like kind of attract civil war era ghosts, (laughs) which I thought was really funny. So I've been thinking about like, okay, how would I attract myself as a ghost you know like what kind of things would I be drawn to okay can I can I try yeah, you, can, you can try it, yeah. okay here we go here we go obviously I'm gonna splash myself with some lavender and okay. I'm also gonna make a cup of tea Ooh, yeah I do like tea. what kind of tea Courtney I don't know I'm just gonna wander to David's tea point at something and make that kind of tea <laughs> and that's gonna be okay so that's those are my smells yeah and then for you, I'm going to wear like a dark color t-shirt dress, like what you're wearing, okay. probably with constellations on it, because this is my favorite dress like of space. yours, yep. and we both have a constellation dress, so I wouldn't have to shop for anything new. <laughs> or I would wear a ball cap, yep. generally in like a fun, warm, tropical color. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wear one of those so that you recognize me. Then I'm going to go ahead and play some Anamanaguchi, maybe some Vampire Weekend, <laughs> maybe some Sandre Lurka yeah. to summon Ghost Sasha, and then we're just going to see what happens. Awesome. I would also opt for marching band music. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I, yeah, I don't participate in the marching band anymore, but a, a, familiar, yeah, a familiar song, brass, you know, yeah. instruments playing. Awesome. Yeah. Hmm. When I went whitewater tubing, uh-huh. when we were in the waiting area uh-huh. um, for the like safety film, they were playing OK Go. Hey! <laughs> and I was like, summon Courtney here now. <laughs> here I am. So yeah, I'd play some OK Go <laughs> sure, sure, or sure. like really like good pop music from like Veronica Mars and Community solid, and those solid, kinds solid. of things. Basically what's on your iPod. Yeah, that that is basically what's yeah, on my what's iPod on that iPod. I still have and use. Um, <laughs> let's see. I think I would go and get like a really nice like like unique vintage or mod cloth yes. dress or something that has like a cinched waist and like mm-hmm. a big like poofy skirt. poofy skirt solid and just shimmy around <laughs> okay go dance <laughs> like, trying to get, oh, you, get your attention and then for smells baked goods yeah yeah just like ba- just like open the window and let it waft yeah <laughs> i would be there and be yeah. like what you got what you bacon hey girl hey girl hey girl what's up what you bacon okay so a lot about this ghost tour was very historical because harper's ferry is very historical Classic. um harper's ferry started out as a land purchase by george washington hey. amongst other washington families basically he already had mount vernon on you know near the near where Washington, D.C. is now. Mm-hmm. And he basically encouraged his family at, while he was working as a sur- land surveyor to just like continue buying up land. Oh. This becomes, 
good for the Washington family later when the government is trying to figure out like where to put certain things mm-hmm. and he's like oh look at all this land my family has the government can rent from us and then we become more rich and <laughs> I was like no. Washington you sound a lot like you're trying to increase your family's wealth by your position of power and I was like who does that sound like? This is problematic like? and sounds this like a really? violation of the Amamulins yeah I was like this sounds very problematic George Washington but anyway. also you own slaves George Washington yeah. there's Let's a sit lot down of problematic go through Let's our sit down problematic through powerpoint so, um, so eventually, though, a man named Harper, who's um, a Quaker, a well, there's another man who had a ferry already, oh. but a man named Harper from Philadelphia comes down, he's a Quaker, and he sees this land, he thinks mm-hmm. it's the most beautiful thing, the Shenandoah River and the Potomac River meet at a confluence point, and he's like, I have to live here, and so he ends up buying the ferry from the man who already owned it, mm-hmm. and then he tries to like build up a house and keeps getting washed out in the floodplain and he realizes oh if I don't if I build higher and not in the floodplain my house won't get flooded imagine that solid Um, logic logic. so he builds his house and at some point surveyor George Washington comes around and he goes why is your house on my land and Uh the guy is like huh and he's like I bought this land from you know the guy I bought the ferry from he goes no 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 the ferry was like that guy's thing but like this land is mine and so Harper is like, oh, okay. And so he buys this land and then he brings his wife over and his wife hates it because she's from Philadelphia, high society. And she just wants to like... Born and raised West Philadelphia. Right. She's just like... Spends I, most of her days on the playground. You've heard it before. Yeah. But <laughs> Philadelphia was like the cultural center in colonial America. So mm-hmm. she's like, I don't want to live, like leave here. I want to live in the fucking um, boonies. But, but they end up moving to the fucking boonies because he's like, I've bought this land twice. <laughs> Please let me just have this one. Please. But as, you know, like, and so they kind of develop it into a little town and, you know, they get old, they die. Harper's ghost is not necessarily spotted there at all, if ever. Like, he's just gone and rested in peace. He has a town named after him. Yeah. It's still, we still talk, he's fine, right? Yeah. But his widow, Rachel, you can see her looking out of the window of the Harper house. Oh. Harper had died before they finished construction. And Mm -hmm. then his wife, I think, died soon after Mm -hmm. because she fell off of a ladder or stairs or something and died from her injuries. But you can see Rachel sometimes looking out of a window and she Mm -hmm. is dressed in all white. So she's a woman in white. Hey. She's just hanging out. And people say sometimes it looks like she's looking out at something and... Harper was supposed to have some money. He's Quaker, so he wasn't supposed to have, like, a lot, but just enough to, like, kind of get this town going. Right. But they never found it. And so they think that there's, like, this lost treasure buried somewhere, but the tour guide was definitely like, but, like, it was Quaker treasure. So it's probably sentimental and not, like, monetary. <laughs> oh. Like, think about that. So The real treasure was the Quakers, Quakers we made right. along the way? Yes, exactly. Gotcha. And so this... The, the, they didn't have any children, so the land ended up going to, like, a niece and family members and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so it got passed through different families and eventually becomes part of the Wager family. And they continue building up the rest of this block that the Harper's house was on. And so the Wagers were very wealthy people. Eventually, the Wager house belongs to a, a bit of a dandy. Mm-hmm. And he has a wife and child, but because of bad investments and just bad behavior, he ends up losing all of his money. Mm-hmm. And his wife and child abandon him, leaving him to be, you know, by himself. Honestly, good for them. Because they were like, you've lost everything, you know, we, you know we're, we're out of here. Audi 5000, beep, beep, pew. <laughs> and so... There isn't really much record of what happens to Mr. Wager after this point, and some speculation is that because this there was like a Catholic church up the hill, and a lot of the people in this town, even though it was founded by Quakers, were Catholic, mm-hmm. because the Wager family was Catholic. If you kill yourself, you're basically like written away from right. everything, right? And so there's not a whole lot of records. They think that Wager may have killed himself, and that's why... Um, you also don't see him buried anywhere in any of the cemeteries that are in the town. Yeah, because it used to be that if you committed suicide, you weren't permitted to be buried on Catholic mm-hmm. land. So so basically, Mr. Wager is missing. Mm-hmm. Well, a little while ago, when Harper's Ferry was like being redeveloped and stuff, the Wager house was used by the Park Service to house guests, to or like kind of important guests um, to house park rangers who were in between living situations, Mm -hmm. to house visiting scholars, that kind of thing. So there's a historian named Linda, and she was staying on the top floor um, for about two weeks. And then at the end of the two weeks, something happened. And she was very shaken, and she asked the park ranger and his family down on the floor below, 
may I sleep on your couch tonight? And the park ranger being a nice person, his wife being a nice person, we're like, yeah, sure, you know, you know, like, we're, we're all friends here yeah. now, yeah, you know. But they didn't ask her why. They just figured, okay, if she wants to sleep on our couch, she probably has she a good reason. reason. Yeah. yeah. So the next day, park ranger asks historian Linda, so why did you want to sleep on our couch? And she goes, oh, you know, I've got a train to catch. Because there is a train, the, there's a marked train that comes and stops at Harper's Ferry. She's like, mm-hmm. I need to get back to D.C. But I'll, you know... Call me. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you about it sometime. Okay. So the park ranger gets on with his day and he forgets to call Linda. Well, like a year or two later, historian Fred comes and he stays in the house on the second floor. And at, he has this little like experience where he sees a woman in a traveling cloak and a small child walking down the hallway and like disappearing through a door. And he goes, huh. Okay. And he just chalks it up to... I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, sure. Sure. I just, <laughs> this I seems fine. I don't know what I saw, but whatever. Okay. But then the next night he sees a man in a top hat and the cane and like, you know, travel like in, in like a nice outfit at the end of the hallway. And he's like, hello, can I help you? And the guy turns around and looks at him and has like a scowl on his face. And then historian Fred's like, Huh. <laughs> okay. This seems fine. Uh, uh, Alright. And so he like turns like on his heel and goes back into his house, like in his apartment on the second floor, and he just closes the door and he's like, that's enough of this today. Um, and decides to, you know, like take a nap and he'll come back. And when he takes a nap, he he goes back into the hallway and there's no one there. Mm-hmm. And so he goes and he's talking to the park ranger and he says, so something very strange happened. Have you seen anyone in like a, like a top hat and like a cane who looks like really grumpy in this house? And like the park ranger's like, no, but you know, something strange happened to a historian who stayed here last year Uh in the same apartment. And so he calls her up. And so Linda ends up saying that, uh, telling them the story that she had seen the woman and the child and mm-hmm. again, chalked it up to, I'm seeing things. Oops. And then the next day, she sees this man in the hallway and thinking that it's like a histori- historical reenactor or something. She's like, oh, excuse me, can I help you? You know, like, yeah. it's, like her quarters are on the second floor. So she's kind of like, hey, wh- who are you looking for? Kind yeah. of thing, right? And so she's approaching him and she's like all like, hey, buddy. Hey. And there's like no response. And the guy turns around. He has a scowl on his face. And she's like, Oh no. And so he like starts approaching her. She's like walking backwards. She's like, uh, and she realizes like there's no, she can't like run forward because this guy's like in her way. So she can't like run out of the house and she's on the second floor. But when you, when you look at it from like the one side of the house, she's on the second floor. But if you look on the back side of the house, it's this giant like change in elevation and then a three story house on top. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a big drop. There's balconies. It would right, be quite right. a big drop if you fell off the you second just, floor because you were actually on the third floor. You wouldn't just be unscathed yeah. and like walk away. Yeah, you're like six stories high at yeah. that point. And so the only thing she can do is like run into her bedroom. This is a ghost, you can face through walls. And so <laughs> she gets up uh, she gets up and she like tries to open up the door into the balcony and close it behind her, but as she's about to do it, she feels herself get bludgeoned on the back of the head. Yikes! And then she turns around, and there's nothing there. No! And she's like, oh god, and that's why she asked the park ranger downstairs, can, can I sleep, sleep on your couch? <laughs> and so, then uh, the historian Fred is like, oh god, this is the same thing. So they look into it, and they discover that this house was owned by the Wagers, and the man who might be this angry guy is mm-hmm. Nicodemus Wager. His name is Nicodemus. Oh, that's Something. Unfortunate. Yeah, Nicodemus Wager. <laughs> I'd be and mad too. He was mad because his wife and child left him. And because his name was and Nicodemus. His ghost, he has this like residual ghost left behind. So, not necessarily a ghost of like him like dying, mm-hmm. but it's just a ghost of him like in his like angriest moment, right? And he's like, it's trying to attack the person who's like witnessing all of this. Right. So, that was like the one major ghost story like on that <laughs> block. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Up the block, there is a Catholic church Yay. called St. Peter's, right? St. Peter's, yes. Yes. Um, and St. Peter's, the church that's there was rebuilt in the 1890s, okay. but there had been a church there for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Basically, when Harper came in, he was like, a church should go here, but he didn't specify it should be Quaker. So oh. the Catholics came and they were like, <laughs> we're just going to build a Catholic church here. 
Thanks for the church, sucker. Well, during the Civil War, mm-hmm. Harper's Ferry was frequently contested where the Union would take over and treat the civilians like shit. The the Confederates would take over, treat the civilians like shit, and they were constantly passing this town back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Father Costello, who was kind of like in charge of this church, went and borrowed from the Episcopals a British flag to put on top of the church so the cannonballs wouldn't hit it. Nice. Because both the North and the South were trying to curry favor with the Brits. Right. And so basically they're like, don't hit us. Um, because <laughs> the Brits cannons, will be mad at you. Cannons at that time were like, I'm going to shoot it, but you don't know where it's going to go. Yay. So they're basically like, just please don't. Just avoid this area, please. (laughs) But Father Costello can be spotted every once in a while. You'll see a man wearing, you know, Catholic robes and Uh a hat. He's walking down the the hilly road, and people might be like, oh, you know, good evening, Father, and he will shun them. Like, they just, like, like, completely blow them off and just, like, keep walking. And people are like, oh, what's the deal with this guy? (laughs) And then he'll turn and he'll walk through a wall at the church. And because the church was rebuilt, people are thinking... Maybe there used to be a door where he's always oh. walking, and they always see him at, like, 6 p.m. So he's doing, like, evening prayer. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, okay, so that's where Father Costello is going. There's also another ch- ghost that's in the entrance of the church, and usually you'll see him as, like, a glowing gold ball. Mm-hmm. He was a young Irish Catholic soldier who was, was injured, but he was having internal bleeding and not external bleeding, oh. so they were like we'll get to you later because yeah. they, they couldn't see like any so clear like, injuries. Hey. He's like in a lot of pain, but he like, they, they're like, we're going to deal with the person who's like gushing blood they out of their head. They don't have an arm right. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. He was waiting in the, in the piazza of the church and, piazza. Um, and he, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <Piazza. laughs> so he's, he's waiting outside the church and he's just hoping like, okay, Father Costello will get to say my, you know, uh, maybe he'll come to me and he'll say last rites. Um, and at least like, I'll be able to die like a happy Catholic. Sure. Right. And so he's finally brought in and they're taking him on a stretcher into the, into the church. The church is being used as a hospital. And as he's passing through the doorway, he's like, oh, thank you, you know, Lord, I am saved. And he hopes to get last rites from Father Costello. But before they are able to like, operate on him, oh. he dies like, basically passing through the church doors. So there is a little gold orb ghost okay. that has been spotted in this doorway, and you can hear someone mumbling, "Oh, thank God, I am oh. saved." And so his ghost is kind of like just like chilling in this doorway. Oh. So I was like, "Oh, that's so sad." Enjoy so, purgatory, buddy. Right. And so there's Catholic Church, and there's an Episcopal Church up the hill. Mm-hmm. Those were like the two kind of highest points. There's also a cemetery mm-hmm. in Harper's Ferry. The Episcopal Church, they built a new one down the road, so this one was left to ruins. I posted a photo on my Twitter account where I was like, I want to play Breath of the Wild, because yeah. it was like this beautiful like <laughs> stone you know, structure. So those are the two churches. Well, from the highest point, and actually from really anywhere in Harper's Ferry, you can see on one of the cliff faces where the Maryland Heights hiking path is, is this giant billboard for something. <laughs> it's painted on the on the rock face, and in 2019, all you can kind of see is that there's like a white outline of a box, and then it says powder at the bottom. Okay. So I bought a t-shirt, and I didn't wear it today, but basically what it is, it says Mennen's Borated Toilet Powder. And so not nice. toilet like... like what we think of a toilet like now, toilet bowl, but yeah, it's more of like something that you would powder yourself after you shave mm-hmm. um, for men, where it would be like, it help you smell good because you're wearing so many layers of clothing in the 1800s right. and you're sweaty and it's hot, right? Yep. So you want to smell good. Well, legend has it that the person, the people who painted the murals up on this billboard area so the train passengers can always see this advertisement was a husband and wife duo. Okay. And after painting the Mennon's board, they were touching it up, and then only the wife came back to town. Uh-oh. And she said, oh, my husband died in an accident. He was, we were, you know, we were, we were painting the wall. And, <laughs> Me and when he, I definitely didn't kill my husband. <laughs> he, you know, like, I, I, I had secured the rope, but he, on his end, he must have just fallen off, because I pulled mm-hmm. up the rope, and he wasn't on the other end, and I don't know where my husband is. Uh-huh. And she collects the money. Great. And she leaves And then she town. and her boyfriend lived happily ever after. So, so <laughs> this is an urban legend. They can't prove if it's true uh, or not that the woman had killed her husband, but basically just sure said Menon's toilet powder, and that was the last billboard that was painted up on the wall nice. because they never painted a new one ever again. Amazing. The ghost tours were cre- started by a woman named Shirley in the 1970s. Okay. During kind of the restoration of Harper's Ferry, she came in and there, there are a bunch of little businesses and stuff that are not associated with the park service, but they basically adhere to the 
uh, policies of the park service right, and right, right. all the hours and everything. So she buys this little house and it's called the, the Iron Horse Tavern. And she moves in. She doesn't believe in ghosts. Sure. Sounds But great. again, this is the founder of the Harper's Ferry Ghost Tours. You can found ghost tours and not believe in ghosts, but I have a feeling that's not going to be the situation. Right. <laughs> um, this is the initiating event. <laughs> so she ends up getting, it becomes like a kind of family affair where mm-hmm. she gets her children and children's you know spouses and everyone's involved in this Iron Horse Tavern. Mm-hmm. It's across the road from the train station. That's why it's Iron Horse. Um, so one night, her son and daughter-in-law are closing up a little later than usual, and the, the wife goes upstairs because she's, like, kind of tidying some stuff up, and the husband is downstairs tidying some stuff up, right. and then they hear someone running up the stairs, and then they hear, like, banging on a door, they hear a loud bang, and then they hear something thudding down the steps. Uh-oh. Like falling down the stairs. And so both of them come running to the staircase and they're like, you know, what's wrong? Are you okay? You know, like, yeah. I, you fell down the stairs? No, you fell down the stairs. No, what? And so like, they're, both of them are like, who the hell fell down the stairs? Right? And so... You know, all the guests is like, hey, 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 So they go home, they tell Shirley and they're like, Shirley, they were like, oh, we are not closing up that late ever <laughs> again. And Shirley's like, oh, pish posh. And so <laughs> she's like, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna... You know, just we're still working the same shifts, right. and so husband and wife stay late again, cleaning up, and they're waiting, and they hear the same thing. You know, door, you know, like door opening, you know, bang, and downstairs, and so they're like, we're not staying here this late ever again. So Shirley is like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. So she stays again. It's a ghost skeptic. And so the meme in this story is like, I'll close out you big babies. Yeah. So. Late at night, and she hears someone run up the stairs, and she goes, I know I'm the only person in this restaurant. Someone running up the stairs, she hears the bang, and then she hears something <laughs> fall down the stairs. Meanwhile, at about the same time that this all is happening, and she's trying to like move past it, for nine Saturdays in a row, the glass chimney on an oil lamp in the dining room keeps breaking. So... And it doesn't break where the oil lamp is. It breaks on the other side of the room. Almost like it's been thrown. It's been thrown. So nine weeks in a row, they come back the next morning and there's broken glass in the in the restaurant. Uh-oh. And they're like, what is happening here? And so finally she's like, I'm going to go find a historian. Like maybe someone <laughs> can tell me about, because they're, they're working at Harper's Ferry. Maybe Sorry. I can find someone to tell me what this building was before I bought it. I love right? it because it's like, it's like, I'm not going to go see a glass blower to fix my glass. I'm going to find a historian. Well, because she's like, she's like, I'm, I'm tired of having to fix <laughs> Replace this. Replace yeah. So the historian is like, girl, I don't know what to tell you about the broken glass. However, Uh-oh. I can tell you about the staircase. Yes. So what happened was when it was being uh, held by the Union, okay. there was a teen Confederate spy. And oh, each, each side would use teenagers as spies because they figured like teenagers would be maybe t- treated more leniently because they were young and they yeah. wouldn't be... You know, and they're also not recognizable because it's not like they've been around town for, you know, 30 years. Right. And so so they're hoping that, you know, like, if, if the teen is captured, nothing bad, or, like, they're not going to be put to death. Yeah. They'll probably just, like, be sent to go... Listen here, you little scamp. Yeah. They probably won't be sent back to the troop, but they'll be like, we're going to send you somewhere else. Yeah. You you're going back to see your mom. Yeah. So... What happens is that this team goes, uh, team, team goes into town, and he's trying to scope it out. He wants to see, like, what's the situation while the Confederates are hiding up in the mountain. And there is a sentry, Union soldier, at the end of the road, and he's, like, really gung-ho about his job. He's sure. like, who are you? And the kid's like, I'm just coming through town. Uh, I'm just a teenager. <laughs> you know the way teenagers talk. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, hello, fellow kids. Um, and the, the Union soldier's like, no, you know, like tries to like go after him and the kid's like ah! and he runs down the street and then he runs up the stairs of this two-story house to get to the top floor and he's like okay maybe I can like you know hide out in here or like someone would be like oh don't hurt him you know <laughs> he's just a child ah. sure, sure 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 he runs up the stairs cool throws open the door and there is a meeting of union generals <laughs> and they're like who the fuck are you and then he shoot him oh. and he falls down the oh, stairs no. and he's dead so this is a very residual ghost yeah he, that just, he is just like charges up the charges stairs up the stairs over and over and over again oh. so 
Shirley in 1972 starts her ghost tour <laughs> because she's like, I bet everyone else in this town has seen some shit. So she starts like, collecting ghost stories from everyone and starts mm-hmm. this ghost tour. And so she would put on this black cloak and she was like a pack a day smoker since she was like 11. So sure. she has this raspy voice and she's like, let me tell you about the ghosts. And she did the ghost tour until like the early 2000s. Oh, she died wow. in 2011 and she actually is buried in like the historical St. Peter's Cemetery because That's she became like, like a fixture of Harper's Ferry. Mm-hmm. She passed it the business down to her granddaughter but her granddaughter is like this conflicts with my religious beliefs and didn't want to do it anymore however the granddaughter also didn't do it because one night she was walking through town with her son and felt something grab her from behind she (gasps) turned around and there was nothing there and she was like i am done with this (laughs) i don't want to do this anymore so the current owner who's the one who like did the tour Uh she she inherited it from them because she's like i love history and i love ghosts (laughs) and i was like Courtney should do this as her job. I should. I love history Um, and I love ghosts. Yeah. And so there is a question of like if Shirley is haunting or not. And then I still have some more, but I want to save those for another day. Okay. Because we are already an hour for a mini-soda. Our mini-soda is now a full like this. Yeah. (laughs) Oops. There's a lot to talk about. Piazzi. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We are going to be stockpiling some episodes. So thank you for your patience. My life is chaos the next couple of weeks. We're going to try to churn out episodes on our regular schedule. But if we don't, please be forgiving. We're doing our best. Stay tuned for some more ghost stories Yay! from this tour because it was fascinating. It sounds... I'm like in it and I'm, I looked over and I was like, oh, we're in an hour. Oops. Oops. Not a mini-sode. Cool, I guess. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Spoop Hour. Send us your spoopy stories. Spoophour at gmail.com. Tell us if you're related to Julie Dobney. Tell us if you've been on the Harper's Ferry ghost tour. Yeah. 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 Or, or a good and any other ghost tour. Tell yeah. us about it. Tell us how you scored. I can, if you want to take it, you can email me and I will send you the Are You a Slutty Slut with Ghosts quiz that I made Woo-hoo. based on that Cosmo quiz. So if you want it, you can score yourself. Yay. Yay. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Boo. The Mona Lisa, the Hope Diamond, the sarcophagus of King to Uncommon. Humanity has accumulated hundreds upon hundreds of priceless artifacts and treasures, each one the physical embodiment of a certain time and place. But for all of humankind's greatest achievements, we also kind of suck. For every priceless painting on display in the Louvre, there is another masterpiece stolen and bartered off in an underground auction, or even collecting dust in your grandmother's attic. Each week, Relic, the Lost Treasure podcast, explores the strange, but mostly true, tales behind history's greatest lost treasures. If you like unsolved mysteries and true crime, with maybe a little less murder, but certainly a few weird deaths, then you should come along on the journey. Join me, Maxwell, as I dig beneath the couch cushions of history. You can find Relic on iTunes, or stream us at relic.blueberry.net. That's blueberry without the E's. Adventure awaits. Zelda, you good? What? Yeah. Zelda's like, don't summon my mom, she belongs here. <laughs>